Konbawa. Hi, everybody. I am Jack. I just wanted to take a minute to introduce Terrorist Out. So Terrorist Out is a podcast about a show about six strangers living together, and we observe how they interact. All that they've prepared is a beautiful home and automobiles. And all that we've prepared is a couple of microphones, opinionated friends, and an hour of our time. There's absolutely no script at all. We are watching and reviewing, and we absolutely hope you love the show, follow along, and enjoy. I'm Michelle and I'm Caitlin and we're ready to get terrorist out. Terrorist out. Terrorist out. Yeah. Pumped. We've already been talking a little bit on uh, on the phone. So <laughs> I was like we should probably stop recording now because like we're just gonna keep talking. <laughs> yeah because we just like actually talk on the air. Then we're never gonna record <laughs> and then it's gonna be like where is this week's episode and we're gonna be like we didn't have time because we just talked the whole time. We're like we already talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're like whoops we forgot to record. So ridiculous yeah. Today has been one of those days where we've actually been like up and like we've both it's, like, funny because we've both been, like, more prepared, like, ahead of time today than normal, <laughs> yeah. but, like, we're just so, like, we, I don't know, I guess maybe it's because we- like, we're also, like, doing other things. We were prepared, so, like, now we're just, like, being lazy or, like, luxuriating, like, in our yes. preparedness, and we're just like, oh, yeah, we're so prepped, and then now we're like, oh, God, look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd the time go? We're like, okay, well, we're gonna get other things done, yeah. like, you know, you we're and I like, are, like, working hard enough stuff, and then we're yeah. like, oh, wait, we gotta- get back to what we were we're like oh we still have time okay well i'm just gonna get other work done real quick yeah. and, <laughs> and then it's like oh wait we actually should do this and then we're like oh well let me eat real quick <laughs> <laughs> stubbing our face with food we're like oh it's fine we still have time <laughs> yeah i'm like just chatting with our friends but like the thing is it's kind of nice i feel like i've checked in today i checked in on my friends for the first time in like a while where like we talked about stuff mm-hmm. where like i felt like i had space I didn't feel like I was so rushed. I had, like, a little space to, like, mm-hmm. check up on, like, a couple of my close friends. And so it was, like, nice. I was just like, wow, okay, nice to hear about your life. Wow, it's complicated, too. Good to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, we're all struggling with this. I know. It's tough. But it's, like, I don't know. It's hard to sometimes, like, even see past your own life. So it's, like, mm-hmm. I feel like we're all just, like, really trying to cope. <laughs> so, like, when you do have that extra bit of space to like give to someone else to be like hey Mm -hmm. like let me take some of your load off a little (laughs) like give me some of that hard heavy load yeah like let's chat or even like just have some time to relax yeah like today I was like oh just drinking my coffee outside enjoying some of the sunlight I was just like "Mm, this is nice (laughs) yeah I just feel like I had like a really chill morning Mm -hmm. and then I felt super well rested And then I saw something that super pissed me off. And then I was so annoyed. And then then I was pissed off. I know. And then I was like, and then I was talking to my friend, like, about her problems real quick after I was venting about my problems. And not my problems, but, like, my irritation. Yes. 
been pissed off. And then I was like, oh, well, it's nice to, like, check in on my friends, like, because it's nice. Like, it's distracting me. It's good. It's good to catch up. From the trash that I saw today. So it was great. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. It's just, like, so annoying to see things and you're just, like disgusted and you want to vomit and you're like why did I ever associate with that yeah you know it's like gross so (sighs) that is where I'm at today yeah I feel that yeah chill today yeah yeah we've had a chill chill day so we're hoping that chill mood kind of translates into today's episode because it's like a fun episode like and there's no Kenny like I feel like I'm chill because there's no Kenny oh my god it was so nice (laughs) it's just so nice I was like I wonder if we're ever gonna like not mention him well we have to because like we have to talk for the recap okay I already ruined the streak okay starting next episode we won't mention him no it's fine we had to we had to address that he left he and Risa go (laughs) left last week and this is the last time we ever have to talk about him which is it's nice. it's nice. Well, I mean, not necessarily for us because we're going to record Patreon content and we're going to sort Kenny and Risiko into their Hogwarts houses. So if you don't follow us on Patreon, then go to patreon.com slash terrorist out and join. You can join from, I think the lowest level is $2 tier. And yeah, you can listen to us sort them into their Hogwarts houses. <laughs> you can also like comment if you have any like any supporting evidence as to a specific house because yeah, it's tough. The predictions. They're going to be tough. Uh, well, I think Risiko is not super tough, Mm-mm. but I think Kenny is a little tough. Because I feel like we still didn't know enough. Yeah, I just feel like I don't really know much about who he really is <laughs> as a person. So, so we just have to infer. I know, we got to infer. Infer from other things. All right. So last week, we found out about Karori was into Shohei, but we think that her whole thing with him is more of like a fixation on like this art school graduate, like fine art degree approval internalization of her mentor. And she has, like, this complex about not going to art school. And she was very much wrestling with her kind of like self-worth and imposter syndrome. Haruka and Ruka had a conversation again about his wanting to be Spider-Man and what happened with the Marvel bar job, which he literally like they weren't even looking and he just like showed up and he (laughs) paid for a beer instead. So he spent money and he was like, I need to be more proactive. And everyone was like, no, you just need to like have a clue. You need to have a clue. And then Haruka was just like, you know, like you're living in an eight-year-old's dream world and you come across as aimless and you'll end up being the guy you hate the most, some lame guy. And Ruka says he doesn't want to end up as some lame guy. Kenny and Risiko leave together at Kenny's goodbye party. Risiko kind of pulls Kenny aside and tells him that she likes him but still can't be his girlfriend but doesn't want to come off as wishy-washy, so she figured, you know, she would graduate with him to show her commitment to, like, trying to work on their whole situation. And then he tries to kiss her again. (laughs) (laughs) But she says, here's the cheek. He just doesn't understand timing at all. And then she leaves, and it was pretty pretty cool and chill and done. Yusuke and Haruka get boba and play ukuleles 
and have like a tiny jam sesh and then he tells her he won't be back till the winter so as like a final memory of the summer he would like to go to a fireworks festival together but with the intention of it being romantic because he's interested in her romantically but Haruka says that she would like to just hang out as friends and turns him down putting him in the friend zone automatically Uh, yeah exactly and then we finally get first looks at the new members of the house no actual full faces, just the classic terrace house, like half face and little conversation, little peek at their home life and little interaction with their people from their regular life just to get a taste of what they might be like. So we have Emika, who is a college student who is looking to find love. We see her with her family at K Barbecue, and then we see an Italian guy who is a manga, manga illustrator. He is working from home and calling his mom to tell her he will be on Terrace House and talks about having a regular column at the end of October. And that's where we are. So here we are at episode 15, which is called A Man's Worth is Determined by His Job. <laughs> so I wonder what you think this episode will be about. Jobs. Jobs. And Spider-Man. Jobs and Spider-Mans and <laughs> all the things. So first up we have Corey. We have Corey's illustration exhibition, which has finally opened in Harajuku, the one she's been working really hard for. And it's in between kind of like a big Tiffany store. It's like a flagship Tiffany store in Harajuku. And the housemates, the remaining housemates visit to support. So Shohei, Ruka, and Haruka. And there is a line just like around the block to go into this exhibition to see her art. It's amazing. So cool. There's so many people. There's so many people. It's crazy. I was blown away when I saw that. If you listen to the audio commentary from the the panelists, they're basically like, because when they first pan to the exhibition, there's no kind of like sign or anything cueing you to what they're waiting for, all the people. And so they're just like, what, what are all these people waiting for? Like, what are, is it a new boba spot? Like, they think it's a boba spot and it's not. And then after they get to the studio panel, they like talk about Corey's kind of like exhibition. And they're, and, and Tokui san goes, she's equally as popular as boba tea is right now. And it's literally <laughs> my saved screenshot <laughs> in my phone because I'm obsessed. It's so funny. <laughs> え、この子だけのやつ嘘、マジでえ、この子だけの個展こんなだなえいやいやあんま良かったんじゃないいや、すごいね海外の人もねそれはそうとあの、カオルちゃんの個展の大成長っぷりすごかったね確かに<笑><
mentor as a result of her internalizing said, quote, constructive criticism and leaning strongly into her innate imposter syndrome as of late. So it's just incredible to see her beautiful, like intricate illustrations all together in such a carefully thought out exhibit. And we can truly see how like cool and stylish Corey's signature style is. Mm -hmm. And she's also incredibly talented. So I have no idea what or who this mentor thinks he is or what he's talking about because I'm just like I literally don't like look at this talent <laughs> absolutely and it's showing how successful she can be regardless exactly do you just see it dripping from the wall <laughs> and basically later on that night Corey comes home we see we see Ruka and <laughs> Haruka like talking at the dinner table which is like a really funny like comedic relief moment of like Ruka talking about like they're talking about the weather and as someone who grew up in Japan you, like typhoons are like hurricanes but they're like very rainy hurricanes like just very heavy rain and wind and we used to have school cancellations because of it and they're talking about the weather and you know they're like oh yeah it's a typhoon coming and Ruka's like oh is that rain <laughs> is the typhoon rain and she's like yes a typhoon oh, is rain <laughs> with lots of wind you grew up here, right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, have you not ever left the house when it's raining? <laughs> like, have you been living under a rock? Because, like, I don't understand. Like, have you been living in a bunker your whole life? Like, yeah. the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Or, like, I like, don't understand. It's rain, but it's very windy rain. <laughs> ah, like that unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like, intro yeah. song where it's like, oh, unbreakable. <laughs> just like... <laughs> the sun coming out it's like what's a what's a typhoon that's like ruka rain is it rain yes boy it is rain little boy it is rain anyway Corey comes home from her opening night reception a little tipsy and very dolled up she's so cute and i love her dress so much if anyone knows where it's from it's by tweet <laughs> me dm me let us know i was gonna google it myself but i just got sidetracked by other things Corey talks about the show and shares about how it has always been her dream to work with hermes the fashion house and she recently got a tangible contact at hermes and so it's really surreal for everything to feel like it's lining up and falling into place and she is still beaming from ear to ear and seems to be very happy and in a very good place. I'm so happy to see her like this. Like, it warms my heart. Right? To see her, you know, being successful and showing her passions and uh, makes me happy to kind of see her in her element like this. I think it's different when you've been on a show like this and it's just like you're in this kind of bubble where you don't get to have that. You still have that doubt in you where you mm -hmm. can be doubted. But, like, I feel like for her, having people line up that much, and, like, I'm sure she'll, like, because she's inside the hall, so she won't know how much they're lining up outside, really, until she, mm -hmm. like, sees photos or sees footage of the show. So, like, then it'll be really cool for her to get to see that and experience that, I think, too. Mm -hmm. And then I think she'll be able to kind of have... I think you kind of need to see it for your own eyes. I think 
when mm-hmm. you're going through something like imposter syndrome where you're just like, Do, should I be? <laughs> should, like, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, should I be on this panel? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You're like, am I an authority on social media? You know, when you're just like, yeah, aren't there more qualified people? <laughs> like, why they choose me? And you're just like sitting there just like, with that imposter syndrome voice, that's my imposter syndrome voice. If you couldn't tell, that's like the I didn't know. You were. That's my imposter syndrome's voice. Her name is I don't know Jessica. I I don't know. Sorry to any Jessicas. Jessica. I don't know what to name her. Should I name her Karen? I don't know. Karen. Or maybe I should name her Japanese name Kimiko. Uh, what's what's the Karen of Japan? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but I think you need like. To be able to see that for yourself, like her being able to see all those people lining up for her, waiting for her. Being like, oh, dang, they're here for me. Exactly. When she's in line and they come up to her and if any of them are like, I flew all the way from Hokkaido, which is like the north of Japan, to come see you. If anyone was like that, too, which I'm sure there were people like that, because Mm -hmm. if you see any show or like if you know any one with fans, there are always going to be some fans who will travel for, you know, fervent fans that will travel for their people that they admire. So I'm sure there were some people who traveled to see her exhibition and get signatures and stuff. It's it's pretty kind of amazing to get to see those members experience that and then get that confidence boost that they need. Because I think like, it's one thing to objectively know that you're on Terrace House. And then I think it's another thing to like actually experience mm-hmm. what it's like in this way, if that makes sense. And now to kind of see the influence that exactly. she has. And yeah. kind of, she gets to really see like, oh, like her career is, is boosting and she's gaining that traction, which yeah. is really, really good to see because she deserves it. She's talented. And the gallery is beautiful, and I hope we get to see more. Cause yeah, I thought it was really cool. I think also it's just, and it's also because of her the her work ethic too, like how she approaches work and how she thinks about work is very serious. Like when she's on mm-hmm. the show, and I feel like a lot of people could see her feeling very discouraged and I think a lot of people who see her talent want to foster and boost that so I think in a way maybe this mentorship snafu will help her find the right mentor who will feel Mm -hmm. like we do where we're like they just don't understand her if that makes sense you know like where it's just like she just needs the right mentor (laughs) clearly yeah to kind of guide her in a a much more positive direction and really help hone her skills yeah like your mentor should be like hey like you know if honestly like he felt like she needed like to brush up on her skills like he didn't need to be like your skills are elementary to be like hey like you have a great natural talent you know clearly because Mm -hmm. you've gotten this far So, like, you know, I can't even imagine how much you could achieve if you were to, for example, maybe take a little basics or course or like a 101 Mm -hmm. to see how that could influence your style, if at all. And if that would help you, I would be very intrigued to know. And like he could even he could have just framed it that way and he wouldn't have to make her feel like shit where it's just like Mm -hmm. you could benefit from maybe 
taking this master class. It doesn't even have to be like just like regular 101. He could find like a really, really good, talented person who teaches like a master class, you know, kind of like our master class thing. And then mm-hmm. you can just be like, well, you can't ever really take a class, like a drawing class from this person. So you should take it. And then see if mm-hmm. that person can influence, like, exactly kind of like the internship thing that she was telling Ruka. But, like, basically, like, yep. her her mentor could have suggested that she she take, like, an apprenticeship with someone else and, like, actually find her an in. Like, it's just yep. so pathetic to me that, like, you just have to, like, be like, you suck. That's like, okay, well, then what? Yeah. Like, now what are you trying to do? Like, you discourage her and then what? Like, yeah, like, help me get better. Like, don't just tell me I suck. Like, why do I suck? How can I do to fix it? Like, she's a hard worker. Yeah. Like, give her advice. Give her s- corrections or give her things to go off of. Like, yeah. I have no doubt that she would take those and improve yeah. and, like, want to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It irritates me. That dude irritates me a lot. Anyway, moving on, we have the acting workshop. Finally, this acting workshop we've been talking about for weeks has finally come. So Haruka's, her acting agency, is holding a class, and she invited Shohei, and then they invited Ruka. And so Haruka basically and Shohei are waiting outside, and she reveals that it was actually a stage combat class, not a, an acting class. So in this action acting class, Haruka and Shohei agree that this is like a great opportunity for future Spider-Man wannabe Ruka to shine and finally get some real skill. Like they can fight. I mean, this ended up being like even better for him. Like not just some yeah. random acting class. Like this is stage combat. This is exactly what he yeah. wants. This is Spider-Man. Like this is Marvel. Yeah, like, you learn this is this what he if needs. You're becoming a superhero. Hell yeah! This is just what he needs. So mm-hmm. Ruka comes all cute and he's like nee, 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 with his backpack like first day mm-hmm. of school. It's very adorbs. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start doing like exercises to warm up and Ruka's like one beat behind everyone else. <laughs> Classic. Classic. And Shohei and Ruka do they each do a scene. Shohei beats up a guy. He stole the girlfriend of and slept with. And then Haruka beats up her sister who's like pudding or yogurt she ate. And she stole it or something from the from the fridge. And then Ruka is supposed to fight some dude who he lo- he borrowed some money from and he owes money to. So Haruka and Shohei each do really well in their scenes. Maybe a little too well because they're both in the wrong, but they're the ones who end up beating up the other person. Yeah. So they're like, you did a little too well. They're naturals. <laughs> Especially when Haruka tries to kick her sister like for getting mad because she ate her sister's pudding and she's like but you should have put your name on it (laughs) and then she kicks her for it it's hilarious but ruka cannot seem to stop smiling even as he is getting beaten up by this dude and he seems so embarrassed and the acting coach is like maybe it's a character choice (laughs) (laughs) try to give him the benefit of the doubt i get it like it's nerve-wracking but also like you know, the other person can't act and you can actually, in stage combat, like, you could actually get hurt if you don't, yeah. like, pay attention. Yeah. 
Like, they could actually kick you in the face if you're not, like, in the right spot. So, like... Yeah, because it's, like, very controlled movements. Yeah. It's like a dance sequence. Like, you have to be in the right Mm -hmm. spot, and it's hard. So, like, it's tough, like, because if it's, like, if you don't... If you're not sure of of your partner, there has to be a lot of trust. Because if you, as a kicker or puncher, like, if you don't know where your partner's going to be, like, you can't feel comfortable going all in, right? Mm Because if you're going to, like, actually hit someone, like, it's okay if they don't care, but, like, if they're in and committed, but if they're not, like, you're just, and they, like, go into the wrong place and you actually hurt them, like, they could sue you, like... It's not great. So, anyway, <laughs> Baby Ruka still has a long ways to go. Yeah, it's working Spider-Man. No webs yet. No producing webs yet. No webs yet. Yeah. I, I don't think he's ready for that. Then, Shohei and Ruka kind of discuss the acting workshop and the girls in the boys' room. And while they're doing this, they kind of... Ruka was like... They kind of discuss their acting class and Shohei was talking about how, like, did you like it? Like, you know, Haruka's really been tough on you lately in terms of career. And then Ruka says that he thinks that Haruka just doesn't understand what he's trying to communicate because he's bad with words. And he says that his whole I want to be a Marvel superhero thing to Haruka is coming off as an eighth grader but he doesn't understand why. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, and then Shohei goes, yeah, like, I've had this qualm about the girls in our house. Like, they're too career orientated. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, sir. (laughs) And I think that, you know, it's double standard of gender stereotypes that men have to be all good and all about work or else, like, they can't care about family, or else they're not considered manly. And, like, all of the panelists were like, that is not at all what the girls are trying to say. No, like, not one. The girls are not saying that you're not working or anything. They're just trying to understand, like, your philosophy behind why you are the way you are. Like, you're just asking you to explain yourself. Like, I just, I just, it's so weird. Like, you just, like, I just assume that, like, they don't want families. I'm like, the f***, that frick, like, I don't understand. Like, you could be hardworking in your career and have a family. It's not either or. (laughs) I just, I don't want to just be, like, just like you're saying that you want a family and a career, like, women are allowed to have that too, dude. Like, it's just. Yeah. Just, like, this, like, very internalized, like, I feel like in these moments, like, I can see that, like, certain, certain younger generations of Japan, Japanese people and people in Japan in general are, are not trying to be, but are more open and more equal comparatively to the past. But there is still this very internalized male and female gender role stereotype Mm -hmm. that exists within each of these people because he's because at the end of the day, what show he is doing is he's gender stereotyping. He's saying like, oh, I'm being gender stereotyped, but he's gender stereotyping them right back. Like, by saying that. So... Yeah. And even with him being like, oh, I, you know, I want to make enough money to support my family. Like, that's it. Like, all I want to do is... Make enough money to support my family. He's kind of including himself. Yeah. Well, then what if your wife also wants to work and support your family? 
right? So, like, yeah. you know, like, what if she also wants to work and do her own thing? Then you'll have a two-income household. Like, that's the thing I also think that, like, people don't fully get either, like, with Japan is that I think they're both, like, approaching relationships, too, with, like, there's only going to be a single, like, income household Mm -hmm. and like I feel like I've dated people like that too where they've expected like they like that you're this driven career person that's independent and has your own mind and has your own opinion but then they expect you to give all of that up to be like a wife as soon as you get into a relationship and a mother and it's like but then like you're gonna literally not like all of the reasons why you say you like me Mm mm-hmm is like what you're telling me to give up but you're not going to give up anything like i'm sorry but in what world is that fair yeah. or like how hard you worked for your career exactly so all of a sudden be like yeah i throw my hands up all right i'm done i worked hard enough yeah like you can both do it it's not like and then if and if that person doesn't feel that you can both do that and achieve that together then that's not the right person for you so it's like yeah because it's a balance and you should balance each other out like it should not be on one person in any kind of role like that and if that's what you want then find someone who wants that who wants who wants to mooch off of you but the thing Mm -hmm. is most of the time these people who say they want like a kept partner or whatever like because this isn't this doesn't have to be a man asking a woman or a woman asking a man because this can be regardless of gender at all it can be women with women men with men who want like a partner who is quote-unquote kept who is not going out and doing Mm -hmm. their own thing they're at home taking care of you focusing on cooking for you and watching your kids together if you have them or your pets or whatever and servicing whatever needs of the house it is that you've agreed upon or whatever and there are a lot of Mm -hmm. people out there who want that I know dudes who've told me they want me to be like they want to be a kept man for me and I'm like no dude I'm not trying to find like a sugar baby like (laughs) No, thank you. Like, I'm only interested in, like, I like driven people. Like, I like people who are interested in doing things, like, because that's who I am. And I I feel Mm -hmm. like people who aren't interested in that will find me boring because, well, I'm nothing to talk about. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of like it gets to a point where you're just like, well, what else do you want to do? Like, if you, I want to be with someone who wants to support me going after my dreams and I want to be with someone where I can support them going after their dreams and like us doing that together and like it's gonna be tough but I mean that's what makes it fun and I don't think like if one person's just like trying to like you know do everything it's just annoying (laughs) like I'm just like I'm not your parent yeah because you want to like inspire your partner and grow with them and you know vice versa like it's not stick in the mud. Yeah, I already have someone I'm taking care of. She's called my mother, and I don't need another one of those. Yeah. And I have two dogs. Like, I don't don't need more dependents. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I just need someone who can take care of themselves. Like, you know, like, yeah. and then we can yep. support each other. That's all I need. Like, I don't care. Yep. You're like, I'm not here to take care of you. Yeah, I'm not. It's just really annoying. Like, when people are just like, I need this from you. I need, I need this. I need this. And it's like, ah, like, no. <laughs> take care of your own needs, please. Ah. Shohei asks Maruka his, what do you value most in life? question which i think is actually a good question maybe we should talk about this shohei 
For Shohei, his focus is on his family and working just enough to support them. So he's been disappointed that the women in the house put so much emphasis on the men's professional accomplishments is his interpretation of it. I don't think Ruka said what he values most in life. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Because mostly Shohei was talking about it and how yeah. the girls kind of talk about his job, which I don't think the girls... Like, never said anything like that. Like, no, they didn't. I think the girls are just kind of trying to help them. Like, the girls are just giving them advice and just kind of being the third person, kind of looking in. Like, he's taking, he's putting words in their mouth. I don't know. Like, Shoy is always one of those people, though. Like, he kind of minimizes things and he just does this thing where he's always like, like, where when people are having, like, emotions, he'll be like, well, people are getting murdered outside, so, like, I don't understand why this yeah. is such a big deal. Like, he's just so cold sometimes. Yeah, that's true. It's just kind of how he is. Like, sometimes he wants to talk about feelings, like, to death, and other times he's like, people are getting murdered outside. Like, I don't see why you're making <laughs> such a big deal out of this. It's nothing. Like, and you're like, wow. You're like, all right. And you're like, cool, remind me not to ask you anything ever (laughs) (laughs) but for someone who says they value like family the most in life like i don't know if i necessarily believe that from him yeah like it don't feel like his relationships are that nurturing because of Mm -hmm. like just what we were talking about like the way he minimizes people's feelings and like Mm -hmm. dismisses them almost yeah and he's kind of hot and cold like how they were saying in the past where there are certain days where he's like really engaged and really wants to like converse with you and there are other days where he's just like don't even look at me i understand that because he's a libra which is a duality as well but like it's also like not healthy at all yeah so then we go to tiny interbreak of yusuke aka eden kai remember him from aloha state Which his storyline is still here. It's still existing. And I was surprised, actually, that they cut to him. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought he was, it was kind of like a done deal, you know, the last time that we'd seen him. So I was like, I was like, oh, nope, he's still around. He's still here. He's still tricking along. He's still here. He's still here. They are going to <laughs> make sure that this storyline ties up nicely <laughs> and in a very devastating heartbreak. Yusuke, aka Eden Kai, he meets up with former housemate and Terrace House Aloha State alum, Avian Ku, 28, who is a friend of my friend. She has a, a bathing suit line, I'm very, if I'm not mistaken. Her mother owns 88 Tees, which is a very, very, very famous, popular vintage shop in Hawaii on Waikiki above the Coldstone Creamery. <laughs> I know exactly where it is. <laughs> it's like, that was very specific directions. Yeah, no, it's very, very, very <laughs> famous. Like, it's been on lots of TV shows. It's an institution. It's been there since I was a wee child. Like, literally, I've, I've, I, it's existed as long as I've been going, and I've been going since I was zero years old. Mm. So <laughs> it's been there for over 33 years, I'm sure. It's crazy. Anyway, Sabian says to Yusuke that she thinks that his approach was fast and maybe he rushed through each step. Yusuke says it happens to him often where people see him as a kind person, but nothing beyond that. When Avian asks Yusuke if he is still considering going to the fireworks festival with Haruka, he says that he might still go, but Avian advises him that if it might lead to disappointment again, she doesn't think that he should go, which I think is very sound advice. 
<laughs> but Yusuke, ever the adorable cherry boy, says that he would like to have good memories and closure and leave for Hawaii without regrets, saying it would be great to have that before I go back. So do you think that Yusuke's insistence to have this kind of like final closure date with Haruka at the fireworks festival to be about closure for him or is it like fair considering Haruka has already made it clear to Yusuke that he's she's not romantically interested like you said you thought it was over like you were surprised that Mm -hmm. this was even an insert like you just thought it was done so like clearly you were surprised that this was even here like what did you think about his kind of continued kind of insistence that like he needs this like romantic closure with her do you think it's like warranted at all i see to me it felt like it was closed the last time they talked like he She's not interested, and I don't see that changing. So, like, even if, like, I think he's almost trying to pull at strings mm-hmm. by wanting to keep trucking along with her. Because I think by going on this date, that line has already been crossed now that she knows that he's romantically interested. Right. Once that's kind of put out into the air between the two of them, like, you, he can't yeah. take that back. Yeah, and, it's pretty like, hard. I feel like if he, yeah, like, I feel like if he hadn't said anything... You know, they could just kind of carry on as friends. But uh, I've that line has already been crossed. And that just, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. I think the closure is kind of already there. She's not interested. So, but I get it. Like, he's hurt and, like, wants to spend more time. So yeah, I that's why he feels like he... He likes her. He doesn't have enough kosher. Yeah, like, he just wants to spend more time with her before he leaves. And so... Like, I get, like, I get why he's feeling that way. But yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. It, it would just, it felt like this was very, it was clear to me that he hasn't been in a relationship before. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, he said to Haruka that, you know, before, like, even when they were talking, like, since he's been on the show, which was... Like, it's been two years ago because they had Hawaii season and they had opening new doors, which was the Koreza season. And then now they're in Mm -hmm. the Tokyo season. So that was two years ago. He was 18 and he hadn't had a girlfriend before and Mm -hmm. ever in his life. And I don't think he even kissed anyone. And then he liked Lauren and that didn't work out. And then so she asked him, like, since then, like, has anything ever happened? And then he said he had a girlfriend for two days and then it broke and then they broke up because of distance because he was in Hawaii and she was in Japan so like if it's two days and they were in different countries like I don't know how like much of a relationship that's even considered so for all intents and purposes like he has never had a girlfriend he's never been in a relationship so he's still very like this is like a very young like high school crush like if you think about it that way so like he just doesn't like for him it's like I want to go to the fireworks festival with her because I like her even though she says she doesn't like me yeah and he's like oh I don't see anything wrong with it like yeah we're just friends blah 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 but it's just it's more than it will be more than that for him regardless yeah because like you know you're still in that mindset of like YA where you're like Mm -hmm. oh well maybe rom-coms like you know 
sometimes this becomes like romance and they're like no that's the exception to the rule that's not the rule (laughs) it's like yeah sure maybe a few but like one nice evening may not change her mind like you can't really bank on that yeah and like if you think about the grand scheme of things in addition to that it's like but it doesn't change anything like you having a fun time doesn't change the fact that you guys live in different countries different places you have careers that will make it tough for you guys to sustain a relationship it none of those factors change so Mm -mm. it's just like it's just tough like it just I just don't it's just unrealistic so I just don't think like he can even see that like he's not even able to see past that so I think like in one sense, like, he's saying, like, I'm always having, I always, like, this always happens to me. Like, that's what he said to Avian. He says, this always happens to me where people see me as a nice person, but then nothing beyond that. But it's also, like, well, maybe you're just going after the wrong people, though. Like, yeah. they're telling you they yeah. don't see you romantically. Like, stop trying to go after people who, like, when they say they're not interested. Like, maybe that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe you yeah. need to stop. He's pursuing the wrong people. Then. Exactly. Like if you keep pursuing people who say they don't want anything more than a friendship with you, then obviously they're only going to see you as a kind person and nothing more than that mm-hmm. because they told you they don't want to be with you romantically. And you're just mm-hmm. the reason why you're upset is because you keep staying there and hoping for it to change. Like. You just have to accept, like, okay, if I want to be friends with this person or be, like, you know, have a relationship with this person, then I have to be okay with this person only wanting to ever be friends. Mm-hmm. And then you have to let go the romantic stuff. It's just yep. the way that the world works. Like, you just have yep. to do it. It sucks. Sometimes you have to do the opposite. Like, sometimes, like, the romance thing doesn't work out and you have to let go of the friend stuff because it's too hard. And, like, you know, sometimes it's not healthy to be friends with someone you used to be romantic with because Mm -hmm. it's hurtful. Because your dynamics changed, yeah. Yeah, it's just not okay. And it just, it's not the same after that, so. No, and then it's not. And then sometimes, like, it's not personal ever, but it's, like, hard to, like, because, and, like, that's the reason. Like, you broke up for a reason, and then, like, you can't help but see the, the differences after you're not together anymore. And I think that's the reason, like, you just, you can't, you can't pursue things with people that tell you, like, you know, that, that you know, one, when you know it's not going to work anymore. Like, at that mm-hmm. moment, you have to stop. You have to take a step back and realize. Yeah, it's just, it's just never going to change. That's not what they want. And, you, like, you can't change their mind. No. Yep. It sucks. But yeah, hey, so. that's life. I know, but you're amazing. <laughs> this was so much fun. You guys are so much better. Wait, wait, hey. What's up? Not you. You. <laughs> he likes you. Okay. He Good likes, night, McKenna. likes you. Why don't you just tell her, Tom? Yeah. Sorry. Happens every time we come here. He, he, uh, I don't know, something about that guy and singing. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, yeah, he drinks and he sings and just no, loses uh, his shit. Not Mackenzie. Um, the other thing? What thing? Do you like me? <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, of course I like you. And friends? Right, as friends. Just as friends? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, I hadn't really thought about, um, yes. Why? No reason, I just, I think you're interesting and I'd like for us to be friends. Is that all right? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, you and me, we, we should be friends. Anyway, fun things like new people. Woo, new people. Yeah. New adventures. Yeah, first we have Emika. So cute. She's yeah. so adorable. Do you want to tell everyone about her? Do you just want to tell people about Pepe? I can do both. But then, you know, we got to talk about Pepe. Okay, obviously. We're going to like we'll we'll do quick Emika stuff and then I'll do her chart stuff and then Pepe. you can tell us about Pepe cuz he's <laughs> the reason why everyone's here. <laughs> so I guess we'll do it. We'll start with Amika. So she enters the house, and it was so funny, like seeing the boys' reaction. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you see all of their like eyes were just like Ruka's face? His eyeballs <laughs> became like literal vertical like dashes yeah. because his cheekbones are as high as they are anyway. Yeah. But he was screening so hard, <laughs> his eyes disappeared because they were covered by his cheekbones. Yeah. Like, he was blushing. He was smiling. He was blushing so hard. Shohei got super nervous. It was all fidgety. I was just like, oh, wow. I was like, this is a new look for them. <laughs> I was cracking up so hard. So I'm, I'm excited to see them pursue her. Especially because, like, you see how they're interacting with Kaori first. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, Emika comes in and they're like, all like, they all stand up a little straighter. <laughs> They're all googly eyed. I was like, whoa. Like, rude. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so funny. But yeah, like, Corey, like, carried most of the conversation. It was like yeah. asking her a question. The boys were just kind of like, uh. <laughs> She's like, okay, so food. <laughs> Shohei volunteers to go get groceries. And then Ruka is like, I'll come with you. And he's like, no, <laughs> stay. Show her around. I was like, I swear, if both boys had ran away like this, I was going to lose it. <laughs> so that was so funny. It was totally just, like, reminded me of, like, high school crushes. Like, oh, my God, yeah, totally. Like, oh, my gosh, like, kind of giggling to the side <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> it was so funny. So I loved it. And so, yeah, Shohei went and got some groceries while Corey and Ruka were cooking for them. Which, honestly, I love that Ruka is, like, volunteering to cook and just yeah. kind of, like, being more involved. You know, maybe he was trying to show off a little bit. Well, also, Shohei was kind of sick, so. Yeah. So he's also, not smart to make the sick person touch the food. Hey, <laughs> Yeah. 
Remember, yeah, everyone, we are also in a pandemic, so everyone could learn a lot to watch from Shohei in this episode. <laughs> Seriously, stay away from people and food if you're sick. Part of me was like, oh, maybe Ruka's like trying to show off, you know, show that he can probably. Cook. Good first impression. <laughs> and they start just kind of chatting, getting to know her. So she's young, but tends to date older guys. The oldest age difference is a guy she dated who is seven years older than her. When she said that she was a freshman in high school and she was dating someone who was a senior in college. Even I was yeah. like, oh, that's a lot of life differences. You know, like, I, I think... don't feel like seven years, like, is that much. But when you think about, like, how much a person changes during that time. Well, also, when you think about the fact that she was a high school freshman and he was a college senior means it was statutory rape. So, like, I don't know if that's really great because he was 22 and she was 14. Yeah. You know, freshman. Oh, wait, no. Freshman in high school in Japan is a sophomore so she would have been 15 but still 15 15 and dating a 22 year old like yeah the legal age is not 15 thank you like very big like life differences so yeah i was like yeah that definitely got me by surprise i was like let's not gloss over that real quick (laughs) Like, (laughs) like huge difference she's like yeah i always date older guys like yeah, the oldest guy was, like, when I was a high school freshman, he was, like, a senior in college. Because, like, colleges in Japan are four years. Yeah, and none of the guys, like, said anything. Like, no one at the table was just like, whoa, big difference. That's why she said seven years, because it's not four years in high school, it's three years. So it would have been th- freshman in high school, three mm-hmm. years of high school, and then four years of college. He yeah. was a senior in college. So that's seven years. That's why she said it's seven years apart. So she's just still, like, it's still... A lot. <laughs> like, the difference, like how much we all grow during that time. I know. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it now, like it's bad because, like, I can't say like that's too bad just because, like, I've dated people who are like younger than me. But like, I I don't feel comfortable dating people who are not of age. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way when I was 15 I would have been interesting guys old. I don't even think I could date someone that was, like, your age, Caitlin. Like, it would <laughs> creep me out too much if, like, I started dating one of your friends. That would be oh so gosh. weird to me. Like, it would creep me out. Because we be like, what, 10 years? I would probably creep you out a lot. It would be more. Yeah, I'd be like, what? <laughs> it's more, because how old are you this year? 22, right? I'm about to turn 22, yeah. So, I'm turning 34 this year, so it would be 12 years. Yeah. That's crazy. That's such a huge difference. But that's like Priyanka and Joe mm-hmm. Nick Nick Jonas. How 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 apart are they? I don't even know. Quite a, they're ten years at least. Because like that's the thing. Like I feel like twelve years. Like if you're in your thirties, you know, and dating somewhere ten years old, it doesn't feel like that big of a difference. Oh, they're but ten if- years apart. He's 27 yeah. and she's 37. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 10 years. So, like, I feel like it comes to a time where, like, 10 years isn't that big of a difference. But, like, when you're... It's still really... It's still intense. Like, it's a huge difference. I mean, yeah, difference it's anyway. But you know what I mean? Like, it almost feels like a difference. Yeah, I feel like when you're in your mid-20s to mid-30s, it's not as much of a difference. Because yeah. I've dated guys who are probably, like in like 25 26 27 but like when I was I mean consistently since I've been like 30 32 so like mm-hmm. but like I've dated older guys too so it's not like it's an end all I don't really think that age is like a, a barometer for maturity if I'm being mm-hmm. completely honest like oh I agreed I dated 
older guys who are complete, like, permanent children who are just, I can't. Yeah. And then I've dated young guys who are, are like, just any younger people who are mm-hmm. just generally much more... I don't know, adults, because we've had to deal with, like, the boomer generation, which kind of makes you an adult. Not to be mean, because, like, you know, I love my mom, but, like, millennials, like, our parents kind of made us into these, like, kind of self-sufficient, like, sustaining people, because, like, guys kind of ruined it for us. (laughs) (laughs) It's just kind of what happened, honestly. Just, I mean, you know, take a little ownership. Like, it's not like we're perfect either, you know, like... I feel bad for the people behind us, like, you know, your generation, the generation, like, who's mm-hmm. coming after you. But, like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of shitty. Like, if you think about, yeah. like, I mean, when I graduated into the stock crisis in 20, 2008, right? And then, like, the mm-hmm. sco- like everything plummeted, and then I graduated into that, right? And then now we have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we had, like, the housing crisis and, like, all this. Like, every single – it's, like, I haven't had, like, a job economy that isn't thriving so yeah when it's like stable and yeah (laughs) so it's kind of like i mean you break you bought it guys like you got you you created us this way but anyway yeah she likes she's been dating older dudes yep do you want to go into her birth chart in her blood type so i think this i i just want to say that i very much appreciate when japanese people do my job for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I'm just telling you, like, when I hope this, like, also illustrates, like, how how much I've been insisting um, in general in life and on this podcast to all of you listeners that astrology is a big thing in Japan. Like, people ask you <laughs> what your astrology sign is, mm-hmm. and they actually know when you tell them when your birthday is. Because, like, yeah. he's like, oh, wait, is that, is that what's that? Is that Aquarius? And he's like, she's like, no, it's Pisces. Or, like, whatever it is. I can't remember what she is. She's Pisces, right? Oh, no. She's an Aquarius. She's an Aquarius sun, Pisces moon. That's why. See, I kept saying Aquarius and Pisces because I, like, knew she was both. But she has an Aquarius sun and a Pisces moon. She has one, two, three, four planets in Aquarius. So she has uh, Uranus, Neptune, sun, and Jupiter. Jupiter is your way of life. And then she has Venus and Mercury and Capricorn. So that's how she loves she loves a little bit repressed and like <laughs> with the sake of like a little bit of like responsibility and she communicates passive aggressively probably and she has a Scorpio ascendant which means her descendant is probably what is her descendant I don't know I'll have to th- look it up I'm trying to figure it out off the top of my head it's not easy anyway with people with a sun in Aquarius means they are fundamentally unconventional and anti they're comfortable dissenting or straying from the norm and their intellectual talent of abstraction is oriented toward pushing boundaries of what seem reasonable they carry a lot on their shoulders and have the need to fight for the underdog it's in their third house which means they need to distinguish them from others through things they know and are familiar with and her moon which is like her emotions her moods her feelings and who she is when she's alone or deeply uncomfortable is pisces meaning her emotional self is empathetic dreamy sensitive and gentle and she feels vulnerable much of the time and desperately wishes for a partner who deeply understands her And it's in her fifth house, meaning she finds security and safety through romance, self-expression, creativity, and pleasure. The mask she presents to people and her personal style is Scorpio, but 
it might not be accurate because I don't have her specific birth time, but it, people with ascendants in Scorpio are come across as passionate, incisive, cunning, strategic, and perceptive, and their intense and tenacious drive comes off as intimidating and powerful, if not malicious or aggressive. Her Mercury and her Venus, which is her communication style, and her how she loves and what she loves is both in Capricorn. So people with their... Mercury in Capricorn means that her intellect is conservative, practical, serious, efficient, and rational, and tends to be a poor communicator, but thinks things through in a methodical and grounded way. And she, it's in her third house, meaning she is curious about and inclined to analyze how she communicates, whether she really understands something, and all the things that she doesn't know. She also, her romantic side is somewhat repressed in the name of responsibility and rationality, and sometimes it seems like they don't care about love at all but they're extremely cautious and appreciate stability and for her it's her love is often expressed in the things that she knows and is familiar with because it is in her third house and her planet of aggression is in pisces which is how you assert yourself or take action and the energy that surrounds you and your ambitiousness and when you're angry. And she asserts herself in a way that is dreamy, intuitive, thoughtful, and pushes things forward with imagination and emotion and puts a lot of her energy in home and family because her Mars in Pisces is in her fourth house. And her Jupiter is her way of life and it's an Aquarius, meaning she grows and understands life through detached analysis and intellectual pursuits. So she is just kind of like overall very mysterious and dreamy, intuitive, a little repressed and serious (laughs) and not super confrontational. Nice. You nailed it. Supposedly she and I get along fairly well according to our (laughs) charts, but I don't know. It's supposedly a good pairing. Interesting. Anyway, she's a Pisces. Pisces are highly intuitive. They can also be hard to read because they're the duality. So, like, they have two sides to them. But the Aquarius kind of, it's it's a lot of water in her chart. So she's very changeable and, like, malleable, I would say. Like, mostly, like, her entire chart is literally just six water placements and three fire placements. So she's all about that water and fire all about water water and fire mostly water but yeah so like lots of emotion i i associate water with like crying and like emotion but also life because Mm -hmm. humans are 80 percent water and Mm -hmm. water like you can live for a week without food but you can only live without water for like two or three days i think Mm -hmm. And, like, all of those things. So I feel like water is very essential to life. So I find that people who have have a lot of water in their chart are very kind of, like, connected to life and the life force and nature and their emotions and their intuitive self and have a very strong, rich, emotional, like, deep internal life and have instead of, like, kind of, like, I've, I would say, like, an air, which is, like, malleable but outside in, like, water, but you can't see it. It's a little bit more, like, you breathe it. You don't know it's there so it's like it's also like a way of life but in a different way so I feel mm-hmm. like air and water are very essential like elements in in just like the grand scheme of astrology I feel like we tend to be very moldable and open 
Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Anyway, that's just me and all that stuff. And then there's like the funny thing is the blood typing. So Caitlin, you were like, it's so weird. Why did you just ask her her blood type? Yeah. So like, I guess for like context, why I thought that was like so random that he asked is that when people like ask your blood type, it's always in a joking way. Like, if you're, like, filling out <laughs> questions on a questionnaire. Right, right, Or, right. like, you, like, meet someone for the first time. They're like, oh, what's your favorite color? Blah, blah, blah. And anytime someone goes, ha, what's your blood type? It's, like, you say that, like, jokingly, like, when you're asking too many personal <laughs> questions. Like, that's just, like, a joke. Like, that's just a thing. And the fact that he, like, asked her, like, dead seriousness what her blood type was, <laughs> I was like, Whoa. I was like, no, I was like, that wasn't all seriousness. I was like, he wasn't joking. It's a cultural (laughs) thing. So this is part of the Japanese obsession with like judging people, (laughs) finding subjective (laughs) ways to judge people. And also our obsession with personality tests and like how things with no meaning have meaning. But we love, so there, when you meet a Japanese person, there are three things they will ask you. Your astrology sign, your Chinese zodiac sign, and your blood type. So if you want to, like, have relationships with Japanese people, you need to know these three things. If you don't know them, find out because it's very important. <laughs> I know. I feel like I need to be better prepared for when I make more Japanese friends. <laughs> yeah. And also with your blood type, like, be specific. You can't just know if you're, like, an O or, like, an A or a B, or an AB. There's only four choices. There's actually more. (laughs) It's fascinating if you look at it. There's lots of, like, crazy programs in Japan. Like, how is this true? Programs, which are amazing, by the way. If you have never, like, you've never experienced, like, true joy and just fascination if you haven't seen one of these programs, like Sekai Fushigi Hakken, which is called, it's like classic. It's one of the most, it's like finding the wonders of the world or like, what is it? I can't remember some of them. I'm going to have to look them up and like do, I'm going to do like a mini sode of all the best Mm -hmm. like Japanese TV show titles because they're just ridiculous. Anyway, but there's like this whole thing about chimera blood type where it's like a mix of like the chimera, which is like the mythical creature, but it's like named after that because it's like you there's no other blood type that exists it's like some sort of like freak mixed blood type thing that only is like one in like a million trillion Mm. people have and it's like really specific to be able to find blood when that person was in surgery and they have this like golden blood thing that they do tv shows about as well so like it actually comes from a very practical thing and i think it probably Mm -hmm. if i look into like the history of it i'm sure it kind of has to do with the fact that we were a war like a war-torn country with like lots of people who are dying and like knowing your blood type is also very practical because like Mm -hmm. knowing your blood type like when as Asians like one of the things that we say about foreigners in Japan gaijin as we lovingly address you lovingly or not so lovingly Mm -hmm. I don't know I've been called gaijin multiple times so it's not like you know I haven't experienced that but they're always like like, I don't understand why gaijin never know their actual blood type. Like, what do they expect, like, when they get into a car accident? Like, that they're just going to, like, die? Because, yeah, like... People just don't talk about it. Like, it's just... Because, like, that's the truth. Like, if you have a rare blood type, like, I am O negative, which is mm-hmm. I'm a universal donor, which means I can give to any blood type. But I can only mm-hmm. receive from other people who are O negative. Like, mm-hmm. I can only receive O negative blood. If someone tries to put other blood in me, it, I will reject it. 
Like, mm-hmm. so, but I can give to everyone. I can even give to positives. So, like, because negatives can give to a positive, but positives can't give to a negative mm-hmm. because it's, like, comes from biology. Two negatives make a positive, a positive, and a negative make a negative, a negative, and a negative make a negative. So, it's just complicated. Anyway, it's the only thing, the only biology thing, the only science that's retained in my brain is by, is blood typing. <laughs> I loved blood typing. I think genetics is fascinating. So in Japan, they have blood types and personality. So O, B, A, and AB are the four blood types in the human race. And a lot of like research has been done on blood typing and personality tests like all over the world, specifically a lot in Japan. So they do like lots of programs as well. Like they've done like TV programs where they have boxes full of mosquitoes and then each like a different person will stick their hand in each box, like each person has a different blood type and they try to see what blood type most attracts mosquitoes because we all have our own kind of like theory on it because my parents mm-hmm. were both A and I was O and typically whenever I'm around people who have O type blood, we get bitten by mosquitoes all the time and then it usually goes A and then it goes B and then it goes AB and typically mosquitoes don't usually bite AB humans and we saw on TV that that was also the case but I mean we watch weird stuff like this like this is fascinating to us in Japan. Yeah I like it it's kind of a lot to learn. It's very weird but there's also like studies that have been done on like weight loss that is tailored towards your blood type because supposedly like depending on your blood type like it requires different types of like food to feed it best or to best sustain your blood production or I don't know supposedly there's all this research that goes into it so a lot of research has been done and blood types and personality tests in Japan in Japan the majority of people are blood type A the second most common blood type in Japan is B and the people with blood type AB positive are universal plasma donors so people who are in America, if you are AB positive and people around you are trying to look, or institutions around you are looking to have plasma donated and you are feeling like you are willing to do that, you are universal plasma donors. Knowledge. The more you know. <laughs> uh, so then there are like the fl- four blood, blood types that are, and their associated uh, personality traits. Some of these can be pretty accurate. So do you know your personality, your blood type? I feel like you're an A or an O. Yeah, I'm an A negative. Uh, thought so. So people with the blood type A are clever, passionate, sensitive, and cooperative. They are loyal, patient, and they love peace. Oh, also Emika is A. So we're also doing this for her. <laughs> Sometimes they may be overly sensitive about different things. For instance, they care a lot about etiquette as well as social standards. They do not like to break the set rules on etiquette or laid down societal rules or standards. Blood type A personalities are careful decision makers and they take their time before they can settle on any decision. Besides, they are not good at multitasking as they prefer to <laughs> handle one task at a time. Blood type A personalities are very organized and they do not like haphazard actions. They prefer to keep everything neat and in the right place. They plan everything. Every task that they engage in is carried out with a lot of consistency and seriousness. Many people with OCD fall into this category and end up seeking help from a professional counselor who can help with their compulsive issues. People in this blood type personality are very stubborn and easily stressed. They have high levels of stress hormone cortisol, which makes them intense. They do not like fights. They prefer to be in harmony with with every 
everyone, and they like to work in collaboration with others in the community. They tend to keep to themselves more so when they do not want to share their ideas or opinions. Some of the most common personality traits of blood type A are that they are kind, shy, stubborn, attentive, composed, polite, tense, withdrawn, reliable, perfectionist, sensitive, responsible, tactful, timid, mild-mannered, anxious, earnest, reserved, and polite. The best personality traits of people with blood type A are gentle, loyal, organized, consistent, loyal, and perfectionist. Their bad personality traits are obsessive, pessimistic, overly sensitive, fastidious, stubborn, and easily stressed. As friends, people with blood type A are very reliable and trustworthy. If you are in trouble, then you can rely on friends with this blood type. They do not show their emotions. They do not like to sh- like to share their emotions and they keep their thoughts or feelings about things hidden from others and they only share when comfortable. Famous people with blood type A are George Bush, Adolf Hitler, Jet Li, Britney Spears, and Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> this is from betterhelp.com yeah it's so interesting i've never like associated blood type with a personality so hey learning new things isn't that crazy like how everything has a personality test <laughs> <laughs> like let me just find out more about you since i just aired your stuff to the public let me just do the same for myself because i mean teach their own feel mm-hmm. like it's only fair so for b and a b we'll do a mini sode and you can listen to that like separately but for people with blood type oh lucky for you i'm a no negative so we're gonna read it on the pod (laughs) people with blood type o are outgoing go-getters and daring they are usually they usually set high standards for themselves and they do all they can to achieve them o's have excellent leadership capabilities little things do not concern them and this makes them appear as selfish to people in blood group a who are overly sensitive (laughs) People with blood group O are generous and kind-hearted. Most people love this blood type. O blood type personalities adapt well to change. They are flexible and resilient and can do relatively well even in tough situations. Some of the positive personality traits in people with blood type O are leadership ability, self-determined, easygoing, optimistic, calm, confident, outgoing, loyal, cautious, passionate, peaceful, resilient, independent, trendsetter, reliable, carefree, and devoted. Oh, on the contrary, they're also jealous, rude, ruthless, insensitive, unpunctual, unpredictable, cold, self-centered, workaholic, and arrogant. Individuals with blood type O are very enduring and strong, and that is why the Japanese call them warriors. They are honest people and hate people who tell a lie or hide the truth. People with this blood type are not overly cautious about small details as they tend to focus more on the big picture. Famous people with blood type O are such as Queen Elizabeth II, Paul Newman, Elvis Presley, it says Elvis Parsley, by the way, here, and Ronald (laughs) Reagan, John Gotti, and Gerald Ford. (laughs) Here is an easy reference guide for making compatibility decisions. Blood type O's are compatible with AB's and O's, which I highly disagree with because I am not compatible with AB's. So I don't know what they're talking about. Blood type A's are compatible with AB's and A's. Blood type B is compatible with AB's and B's. And blood type AB's are compatible with all blood types, which I highly disagree. And I think the person who wrote this article must be a blood type AB. That is something an O would say. And they're biased. Anyway, blood types and personality traits are just a fun, ridiculous way to understand people. It's We're just having fun. It's not serious. But if you take it seriously, good for you as well. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much, yeah. ABs are considered kind of odd. My uncle was an AB, so I love them a lot. 
But uh, AB <laughs> negatives, I think, are like the most rare blood type ever mm. or something. Because I think o- they can only receive from other AB negatives. And AB negative, I think, is the most uncommon blood type that exists like in the world. Mm. Like it's not like as occurring. Like I think because that's the one that, what was it? Not Bruce Almighty. Was it Bruce Almighty with Jennifer Aniston and, and Jim Carrey? Because, like, that's, I think that's the one where, like, one of them had really rare blood and they get into an accident and they're only saved because they had gone and, like, given blood early in, earlier that day for, like, some random reason. And, like, mm. it ends up happening that, like, that ends up saving the person that they cared about. Or it's just, like, it, because it, that person's blood type was super rare. And yeah. the person who gave the blood was also had super rare blood. And it was just like, it was just a miracle. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like that, where it's just like, that's how I learned that and through other things and also through Japan, just their obsession with blood types. Like, I don't think I ever would have known that, like, for example, my blood type is super rare, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's good to know. Like, I yeah. used to bank my own blood. So, like, you know, when you're going through a lot of surgery, it's important, especially like times like now as well. Like, it's good to know what blood you have <laughs> yeah it was good just knowing your body so that you can like convey it when you are in need and you are and you do need help exactly because it's good like i mean if you've seen any movie where people if people are in an accident everyone's like do you know what blood type they are like what blood type are they like it's because if you are a rare blood type like it, it it can mean life and death like that second mm-hmm. of unknowing of not knowing what blood type you are like them not having to run that test could be the difference between life and death like because mm-hmm, it's saving time and you don't have to worry about testing all the people in your family to see if there's a match because like if you already know this stuff ahead of time you'll already know who in your family is a match like mm-hmm. you know it's yep. just uh, that's that's in japan it's just i think also it, maybe it is to do with the fact that the, that the system the healthcare system is different there and it's not like this pay for play system like here where everyone has access to it so it's normal for everyone to know their blood type Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I we should ask the Canadians and like other countries that have or in Australia as well, where, mm. you know, they have access to health care that isn't, you know, that's that's accessible for everyone. I want to I want to mm-hmm. know if those countries also have this much knowledge about if their citizens have this much knowledge about their birth, mm-hmm. about their blood type. I agree. I would love to know. That's really, really interesting. I feel like that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we don't have any time to talk about Pepe. Let's talk about Pepe. Not important. Everyone else. <laughs> Pepe. Caitlin loves Pepe. Caitlin loves Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the summarized version. Caitlin loves Pepe. And I just felt like he was so lively and he lit up the room. And it seemed like everyone enjoyed his company. So I'm excited to see more of him. Oh, yeah. The cutest thing is that, like, he walked into the house with the <laughs> shoes on. I saw their looks because even I noticed it. I was like, he has his shoes on. Like, even before they acknowledged it, I was like. like <laughs> I love that you acknowledged see, it. See, this Japanese culture is getting ingrained. I was like, no, he didn't. And then sure enough, when they said something, I was dying. Because even I was like, Mm-mm. boy, you should not have been. T- Big no-no. <laughs> ルキドキしてるね。はじめまして、ジュゼッペです。ルカです。ジュゼッペ、あの、あだ名ペッペだから、ペッペで。ペッペで呼んでください。はい。ちょっと待って。くすじゃん。思った。お、やば。なんか外
これはちょっと玄関に置きますね、うんうん、<笑>ご飯はご飯食べました今日はあの朝からアシスタントやってるまだ多分来週まで、えー、あの西恵子という漫画家少女,少女漫画家、うん、先,先生のスタジオで描いてるからそこでもうご飯作ってくれ、うん、作ってくれるからそこで食べた、うん、疲れてるでしょ今日うんちょっと疲れてる部屋入る部屋案内しようかああそうだねなんか見たいね荷物すごいおしゃれだねここ<笑>めちゃめちゃおしゃれいまあ靴で入ってよかったな<笑>もう日本長いけどたまにいや初めてだよ<笑>緊張してる緊張してるいやこんなにおしゃれに入ったことないから多分すごいヨーロッパっぽいだからえイタリアじゃないと思って多分<笑>イタリアじゃないってやばいなんだろうねついつい<笑>信じられないだけどまあ荷物<笑> Oh do you see his face? His face was like He's like no He was like, I've never done that before. I know, I think he was so embarrassed. Like, he felt so bad. And, like, honestly, they were all just kind of la laughing it off. But I was like, I could tell he probably felt really bad. <laughs> I'm sure he felt terrible, especially if he hasn't done it at all since he moved there. And then, like, he goes on television. And, like, the first time he does, like, this ridiculous thing where he literally talks about how, like, why he's in this house is to, like, Write this manga and like to dispel this like stereotypical notion that people have of Italians that they're like sleazy and always trying to like hit on girls and like they get around and all this stuff and like he just and they're so oblivious. <laughs> he just like does the most gaijin foreigner thing ever. <laughs> Little foreigner's mistake. You went to the house with your shoes on. <laughs> so cute. I can't. He's adorable. So funny. He's literally my favorite person. Yeah, he was born and raised in Italy. And then moved to Japan four and a half years ago. And then, yeah, he's a manga artist. Yeah, so his series is coming out. It's based loosely on his life. So he's like a model.、Mm -hmm. And he's, that's how he's paying the bills to like be an artist. And he's like, Not good with girls, and like he's like, it's loosely based on my life. And this main character is like this, like, cool model guy, and he's a virgin, <laughs> but like, and everyone thinks he's really good with girls, but he's not, and he's kind of a nerd. But he's like nerdier than me, and he's like really hotter than I am. But like, that's basically my life, and that's my manga. And it's gonna be weekly on this like Japanese male comic magazine called like Weekly Spirit, and then like, you see. Corey's face, like, what? Like, she's like, that's huge. For context, like, Spirit is one of the largest, like, largest comic, big comic companies, like, ever. Like, they have a weekly, I don't know how, I don't know what it's like here, if there's anything akin to it, but it's like a comic digest where,、mm. like, it's really thick. There are these really big, thick paper things, and each week there will be, like, A weekly issue. So instead of like one weekly comic book, there will be like weekly issues that are kind of in this like omnibus kind of like what is it called? What is it when there's multiple authors and it's under and it's in a collection? Oh, I can't think of the word right now. Oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. I'm having a crazy brain fart. Oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. 
You know what I'm talking about? Oh my yes. god. We're we are like failures of book bloggers. I can't think of what it is. Oh my god, what is it called? I know exactly what you that's going to drive me crazy. It's gonna drive me nuts. It's gonna drive me nuts. I can't believe I can't think of it. Oh my god. Anyway, it's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> and yeah, so anyway. Oh, God, now it's, like, bothering me so much. It's, like, a collection. Anyway, it comes out weekly, and then lots of big artists are in it, and then after there's enough for a trade paperback, then they'll release, like, volume one or like of a graphic novel. So it's not, like, it doesn't come out weekly as, like, single issues. Like, in Japan, like, each comic book publishing house has their own monthly comic book digest that they release Mm. called like weekly spirit or monthly spirit or whatever and then each week there will be a new volume or like a new chapter in this bigger book so people will buy those and then they buy the volume separately later Mm. so it's just kind of how public like comic book publishers support their comic book artists and their mm-hmm. graphic novelists it's very revered in japan so it's kind of like a movie or something or like a tv show almost where you're just like joining a network and then they release a bunch of tv shows you know basically mm-hmm. kind of it's like that where it's like you get an episode a week but it's like mm-hmm. a comic book version of that it's like yeah because it's like recurring exactly it's recurring and it will be in some really popular ones some really popular comics like in spirit for example like one piece like that's been i mean they still have new ep- like new volumes coming out all the time like mm, and like cool. uh, slam dunk like some of the bigger like a uh, death note like all those bigger like properties they all started Mm -hmm. on like stuff like this like omnibus collections like this so this is just kind of how it works in japan but spirit is one of the top it would be like one of the top five publishers Mm -hmm. in the states it would be considered like it would be like shogakkan spiritsu like all these big publishing houses so he is he's already making it big in japan yeah it's it's insane it's crazy to get a weekly call or like a weekly like thing a weekly story in something like spirit Mm -hmm. as a first time person Mm -hmm. not just a first time artist but like and writer but like a first time foreigner Mm-hmm. writer artist to be to have a recurring slot yeah that's cool very renowned because it's so competitive like it's insanely competitive so it's tough but like it, it just shows you how much of a like a, how talented he has to be to know that he has this mm-hmm. recurring thing and he is already like here so it's kind of incredible yeah and then so in dinner time they talk about do you want to talk about his like ruka thing <laughs> so they like start talking about like cooking and Shohei kind of tells Pepe that he like learned a bit of Italian and if like he would make pasta for them sometime and they bring up that Ruka also makes pasta um okay his broccoli carbonara pasta masterpiece and Pepe is so sweet and is just like totally hyping him up like <laughs> obviously he may or may not know the whole context of all because I can't remember if that episode had already come out yeah no he has no idea <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like, had Pepe, like, yeah. may have already seen that episode? He might not have watched it, to be honest. Okay. I don't think he so watched it. So, I'm saying, it. so, like, he may not have, like, know, you know, known yeah. all the context of it, but he was just like, oh, yeah, maybe the dish will be super popular one day, and he starts going to the backstory of Carbonara and how that was became, like, a popular dish and stuff, yeah, and he was so like, oh, like, sweet. broccoli in the pasta. Haven't heard of that. Can't wait to try it. I just thought, I was yeah. like, oh, he's so sweet. He was so cute. Like, totally supporting him. Like, I just thought it was so funny with him, like, not knowing the context and just kind of going along with it. He was like, that's that's totally how they invented carbonara. Like, yeah. you know, it was just leftovers and they put it in pasta and, like, that's what we have today. And it's so funny he said that because, like, they don't, he doesn't even realize that, like, Ruka was trying <laughs> to make a carbonara style yeah. pasta and yeah. he, like, failed very terribly i can't wait for ruka to make it and have oh you know this God. like real italian man try his oh pasta God. like italians love their pasta and very very particular <laughs> about it so i uh, kind of hope ruka does make it and then they could talk about it i just it was so cute oh god do you think do you think pepe would eat it though like do you think he would eat he it? would eat it i think just to be nice <laughs> like but, one bite <laughs> like pretend to chew yeah but i at least with like my interactions with italians like they will tell you what's wrong with it and like what needs to like be done to make it better like i don't th- I don't think he'll be like, yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he will never eat it again, though. He will eat it once, but then he'll never, if it's bad, yeah. he'll never taste his yeah. food again. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yeah, don't mess with pasta like this. Yeah, because foreigners, <laughs> like, we can be nice to your face, but, like, we won't actually tell you what we think sometimes. <laughs> anyway, we love Pepe at this and on this on this podcast so much. He is my favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that he's on and we can talk about him and... He is literally a joy, and his, his whole time on Terrace House is, like, my favorite time. Oh, I can't wait to just talk about him. I literally could just sit here and talk about him for the rest this of the day, so but happy. we're busy, so we have other things to do, unfortunately. I would much rather talk about Pepe for another hour. Yeah, more Pepe to come. More, more Yes, but come. more Pepe to come. Where? Wh- what are you excited to see from Pepe? Honestly, I'm... What? Oh, we didn't talk about why Pepe is on the show. Pepe's so, like, on... Oh, we did. Yeah, his work. Like, I'm excited right. to yeah. see more of his work and, like, see him pursue his passions. Like, I'm excited for him to, like, learn more about the Japanese culture and really bond with them. Like, I just... I'm excited to see, like, how he grows and it's just... For me, being a first-time viewer of the show, I love seeing that there is a foreigner. And seeing how he interacts with them and just kind of how he is. Like, I'm just, it's something different and I'm super, super excited to see this. First look or, like, initial guesses. Who do you think Pepe will respond to and Emika will respond to? Who do you think, how do you think the romantic things will go in the house? Real quickly. Let's, Let's make some predictions. I think Emika and Ruka... Okay. And I think maybe not necessarily romantically, but I think friendship work-wise, I think Pepe will bond with Corey. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he may be romantically interested in Haruka. Like, I just mm. kind of get, like, obviously he hasn't really, like, hasn't met, met her yet. yet. But I kind of just, just kind of knowing Ruth of the two of them, I'm, I'm curious. Let's, I'm curious. Mm. Let's see how this moves and shakes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how your predictions are going to pan out. I know. Me too. I'm like, usually my predictions are bad, but you know what? <laughs> Take them as they come. Honestly, though, your predictions are not always bad. <laughs> They're pretty on point. 
I feel like when I think it's different when you're like saying what you want versus what you think your predictions are. Because I feel like your predictions are usually on point, but they not might they might not necessarily be what what you want. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, (laughs) to happen or if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's accurate. Anyway, until then, we can chat about Pepe on social media. And mm-hmm. you can, why don't, Caitlin, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media so you guys can trade, like, Pepe memes. So if you guys want to talk about Pepe with me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Screen Books. And I'm working on my websites right now, CaitlinFoster.com and BigScreenBooks.com. Hopefully those will be up and running, running in the next running. few weeks. Yeah, Big Screen Books with two S's. Two S's way. at the end. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... You can find me at tediously underscore brief on the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. No, I think my Tumblr password and my Tumblr password, my Tumblr thing is different. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know. Whatever. (laughs) Clearly, I don't use it as much. And my bookstagram at traveling book nerds, all one word on bookstagram where you can find all my bookish and fandomy things. And oh, the like, and also, yeah, you can find like my presets and things like that on there, which are done now. So I will be Woo-hoo. launching those, I think, on my birthday, which is like May 26th. So I think that will happen. Yeah. Love it. Presets are so good, you guys. Yay. Thank you. And you can find Terrastow on everywhere at Terrastow. Yeah, we are literally everywhere. And you can find us on Patreon and, you know, Shoot us a couple bucks and listen to some fun original content and get some cute, like, monthly care packages and, like, postcards and weird things, which is fun. So you could do that if you would like to. We enjoy making weird content and we're going to sort Kenny and Risa go into their Hogwarts houses. So if you're into book stuff, that will be fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it. And then we have episode 16 next week. Woohoo, 16. We're making progress. Whoa, that's crazy. I know. I can't believe it's like already here. I know. It's like slowly happening. And I'm like, yeah, every it's week just... it's like getting deeper in. And I'm like, wow. This is exciting. Good I stuff. Know. It's crazy. We're like getting into part two. Soon we'll be halfway Woo-hoo. through and like we'll be talking about love lives of these people. And we'll be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> when did we get here? Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> Yeah, stay nice to everyone. Don't be an asshole. Don't go outside and touch weird people. Like, Wash your hands. It's stupid. Wash your hands. Like, apparently the strain is mutating. So, <laughs> And also apparently meat is now going to contain horse meat. So um, if ever a time to consider eating more plants, I would recommend it if you don't want to eat horses. Okay, that's it. Okay. Have fun. Bye. Bye, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Jack again, just popping in to let you know where you can find us and listen to us on the interwebs. So like every podcast in the world, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, but you can also find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, and so many others. Whatever your favorite provider is, you will be able to find Terrorist Out Podcast. If there is somewhere that we are not, please be sure to email us and let us know so we can submit and get us on there. 
because we want to cover all of the spots. And you can find us at terroristout at gmail.com. And while you are going down the list of all of these wonderful distribution platforms for Terrorist Out, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes to rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show thus far. We absolutely would appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking the time. And be sure to DM us your comments, questions, and opinions over on the Twitter and Instagram at Terrorist Out. of all the end credits. We are here with my mom, Aiko, Mama Aiko, and my both my dogs, Halston and Kennedy, who are both eating, Pump. and you can hear them eating gloriously, since that is what we're doing, and this is what you are here for. This is our Marvel Avengers end credit scene, and what we have for you today is a recurring segment where my mom, Mama Aiko, will give you a one-word summary of her thoughts on this week's episode. This week, we have episode 15, and her one-word thought is, Mom. Tapioca chunk! And there you have it. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Don't be racist.